0: What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. And did Coach Prime make a mistake or is everything under control? I think he made a mistake. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borber. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about what went wrong for Colorado against Oregon State. Did Coach Prime make a mistake with the coaching staff and with another critical uh, game management error? Um, But before we do, I need you guys to know that this episode of Locked on Buffs is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire could feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's dive right into this. I think we knew heading into the game that it would be interesting to see what could be different because obviously Coach Prime decided uh, that he felt it was best for the team to not move on from Sean Lewis. Sean Lewis is still on the staff, but demote Sean Lewis, if you will, uh, strip him of his play calling duties, which obviously if you guys didn't know, Sean Lewis was a head coach at Kent State. He was kind of viewed as one of the better young minds in college football and he was kind of viewed. Sorry, I don't know why my microphone is way over there. He was kind of viewed as a. Uh, he was viewed as someone who was due for a good job, due for a big job coming up, and it was an opportunity at Colorado that seemed like one where he was going to use this to get himself to the next level. Uh, Coach Prime obviously felt that way too. He was the highest paid, him and Charles Kelly, the two highest paid assistants in Colorado football history, and. I think it was a risky move. Obviously there's only four games left when he made the decision to uh, kind of strip him of the play calling duties. And he gave him to Pat Shermer who had some experience in the NFL. And as we learned recently has kind of been uh, coach prime's right-hand man in a lot of meetings and stuff, because he's an analyst. So if you're an analyst in college football, you don't have the opportunity to coach in games. You are able to help out during practices and stuff like that, but you don't coach uh, during games. You're just kind of there uh, chilling. So he, promoted uh, Pat Shermer, demoted Tim Brewster, the tight ends coach from an on-field role to an analyst role. And then he also took Sean Lewis's play calling abilities uh, or play calling power away. And I think that was his first big mistake. I think that might've been a moment where we look back at this. uh, When we look at the call at coach prime's tenure and be like, that was a moment that could have derailed a lot of things because Sean Lewis, while the Colorado offense was struggling in the past couple games, they were outscored against Stanford 46-14 to in the second half in overtime. Um, And then against UCLA this past, or two weeks ago now, they scored just one touchdown in garbage time. And so there were problems, and there was a lot of them, but I don't think getting rid of Sean Lewis was the solution. I think Sean Lewis's system has shown when everything is going well, this Colorado offense could be one of the best in the country, but here's the problem: they can't run the ball, and they can't protect the quarterback. And the can't run the ball part is because of the offensive line. This offensive line is the worst in the worst in the country in terms of sacks allowed, uh, at least in the Power Five. I think Old Dominion and them are like racing to see who's going to give it the most sacks. It, last time I checked, it was Old Dominion by one. Uh, but either way, this offensive line is limiting what they do on offense. and makes everyone's life more difficult. And there, in effect, makes Sean Lewis's life more difficult because obviously he can't be calling up plays uh, that take a long time to de- to develop, excuse me, because they don't have time to develop. They have one and a half to two seconds max uh, unless Shader Sanders is able to escape the pocket. And obviously, as we saw yesterday against Oregon State, he's a little banged up. So I think giving or demoting Sean Lewis was a mistake. And if you don't agree with me, let me just read you some of the stats uh, that we kind of or some of the stats from yesterday uh, that were interesting to me. Well, for starters, overall offensively, they only had 283 yards of offense. Sean Lewis's offenses, uh, Sean Lewis in Colorado this year, had had averaged like 408-ish, 409-ish um, on the year. So that was one. Uh, the second one uh, was they only had three points at the half. Uh, they were averaging one yard per carry, and so – that wasn't great. And then, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a game between Northwestern and Iowa where the final score was 10 to 7 and going into the final quarter against Oregon State. So the fourth quarter, Colorado was doing worse on offense than both of those teams. It wasn't until the fourth quarter where they still where they really started ramping things up and they kind of got some lucky breaks along the way where the offense was looking competent. And so I think that's a major issue. And then with Pat Shermer, he's a former NFL coach, so he should have game management stuff always in the back of his head. And there, there was a game management error that he made, and I think Coach Prime uh, took the blame for this after the game. But I think it's 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 on both of them. I think it's on Coach Prime for being the CEO kind of head coach, well, like he's the head coach, obviously, but he takes more of a CEO approach, so he oversees basically everything. He he could have vetoed something. He could have stepped in and been like, hey, we need to do this here to get out of the half. Because Colorado, let me set up the scenario if you guys didn't see it or if you don't know what I'm talking about. Colorado was on their four-yard line with less than a minute. I think there was like 40-ish, 50-ish seconds or whatever. And there was less than a minute or maybe like a minute and five or something. And they're on their own four. And Pat Sherman calls two pass plays. They both fall incomplete. And then he calls a run play that goes nowhere. And then obviously Oregon State calls a timeout. And there's 20-ish, 30-ish seconds left. So rather than just taking a knee, because they would have gone into the half trailing 7-3, gotten the ball back, and they would have been down 7-3 and would have had a chance to make a 10-3 or uh, cut the lead to 7-6 or whatever. They do that. And then obviously they end up punting after Oregon State calls a timeout. Well, on the punt, there's penalties because obviously Colorado's special teams uh, struggles at times. Uh, there was an alignment uh, penalty. So not only did he return the punt like 28 yards, they also got an additional five. So they were on the 22-yard line and then they ended up scoring. So rather than going into the half and it being 7-3, they went into the half 14-3 and then they didn't do anything when they came back out on offense. They're, they obviously didn't do anything until the fourth quarter offensively. And Oregon State, I mean they got a safety. Well that's the defense obviously. They didn't score a touchdown or anything or any a field goal or anything in the third quarter. Oregon State comes out right away, puts up 6. And so Colorado is literally down 20 to 5 when it could have been it could have been a like a a 7 to a 3 or maybe a I don't know, it could have been better. It could have been better. They it could have been 7 to 3 going into the second half and they chose to take a risk and it did not pay off, and they chose to take a risk in the worst part of the field. Could have just taken a knee. And so I think that's on Pat Shermer as well. Obviously, don't know what Sean Lewis decides to do there because he wasn't calling plays, but you have to think that someone should have stepped in and been like, hey, look at the clock, look at who gets the ball back, or look who gets the ball to start the second half. We can't be doing that here. And so I don't think there was anything that we learned from Pat Shermer calling plays. I think I think it was a mistake by Coach Prime to do it because realistically... I think he's damaged two relationships with coaches and I think obviously Sean Lewis is probably already looking for a different job uh, because he wants to be a head coach again. I think this was just an opportunity for him to kind of work his way into the coaching ranks even more. But I do think that there's probably going to be some issues there. I also think because coach prime said this after the game and he basically said, I forgot the exact quote. He says people he essentially said the quote was some, something along the lines of he has his house, his windows are tinted on his house, and people were trying to look in and make assumptions or judgments. And it sounds like there's some behind the scenes from from people I've been talking to who are close to the coaching staff. I'll put it that way. It sounds like there's some behind the scenes beef or some bi- behind the scenes tension where not everybody's clicking, not everybody's seen eye to eye. And I think that's uh, there's I think if I'm if I recall there's four or five guys on the staff that are head coaches or were head coaches at one point. So that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. That's a lot of, a lot of guys who think they all know best. And obviously coach prime is a head coach, so it's his team. So at the end of the day, they could say whatever they want, but it is his, his, his. Sorry about that. My microphone went unplugged. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, it's his team. And so he's going to, he's going to say what goes. It's just I think there's a lot of people to please and there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions um, to to go off of and I'm guessing Sean Lewis and him kind of got to a point where they just weren't clicking and I think this is like a the the final three games I imagine will be the last three games we see Sean Lewis and bold and Boulder for uh, because it's just not. Uh, I don't, I don't know why he would stay. I think this is kind of the beginning of the end for Sean Lewis and Boulder. Uh, I don't think you, he left a head coaching job to be demoted. And I don't think he, he left a head coaching job to kind of um, have his abilities questioned. Because at the end of the day, you don't get demoted unless Coach Prime questions your abilities. And I think even though he's still high on Sean Lewis and even though he's saying all the right things about him, he obviously does not believe in what he's able to do. And I don't know if it's anyone's fault right now. Um, honest, I mean, I, I don't think Pat Shermer did anything special. I don't think Pat Shermer was the right call there. But at the end of the day, it comes down to this offense line being terrible. The offense line can't block. They limit what uh, plays they, – they can't run the ball. Uh, they limit what they could do passing the ball. Shader Sanders is banged up. He looked physically hurt. I think he should have came out of the game. I, I tweeted he should have came out of the game. And then, of course, he goes on to the, lead them to two touchdowns late in the fourth. But it was kind of – the game was kind of already out of reach. and. It was like, I don't know. It's just this offensive line is the problem. And until that problem is fixed, it doesn't matter if you have Joe Brady calling plays. It doesn't matter if you have Lincoln Riley calling plays. It doesn't matter if you have Mike McDaniel from Miami Dolphins calling plays. If the offensive line cannot block, nothing will get done. I just think that the offense was functioning better um, with their given circumstances under Sean Lewis, but that is not my decision to make. And so... Uh, we will have to wait and see what happens next uh, as Colorado moves forward. This episode of Locked on Bust is brought to you by our sponsors over at Athletic Brewing. It's time for my Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Much like Travis Hunter, who came in with a late touchdown um, and made a huge catch for Colorado to kind of keep it close, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beers that include IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more, and they're constantly releasing releasing, excuse me, limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. Best part is, there's no hangovers, and they're fit for all time, so you can drink them anywhere, anytime, and make any activity more enjoyable, like watching a big game, your kid's game, tackling work, or a workout. So, You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy them online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Welcome back. We are talking about Colorado and The the Oregon State game overall, Uh, I obviously just broke down. I think what I think Coach Prime's two biggest mistakes were. Uh, 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 This microphone is giving me trouble today. Um, For some reason, if you didn't, you just skipped right to this. There's two mistakes he made. One, I think um, demoting Sean Lewis was the wrong move. I think at least let him finish out the season. It's the offense line's fault. Let's be honest. I think you could call whatever you want to call. Unless this offensive line uh, improves or learns how to block better, there's nothing. You, there's nothing that can matter. There's nothing that matters, and they're going to continue to struggle. They're going to continue to give up sacks. They're going to continue to struggle to run the ball, and it's going to be the offensive line's fault. It's just they're going to switch playmakers now, or play callers now. So basically, uh, Coach Prime just welcomed Sean Lewis to leave, which I'm sure he was probably already in the process of. Um, he wanted he wants another coaching job, head coaching job, or. Uh, maybe he'll take another high-profile coordinating job. Who knows? But either way, that's one thing. I also think uh, another thing that was a mistake was the time management at the end of the first half. There, that was putrid. I thought I think that kind of contributed to a uh, what was it? they ended up at twenty. So that was a thirteen-zero run in the span of a few minutes because Colorado thought they were going to drive down the field in um, thirty seconds from the four-yard line. Sure. Um, horrible play, man, or time management there. But either way, let's talk about the game. I got a Beaver fan in the chat. Welcome, Clint Moses. Hope you're doing all right. Congrats on your Beavers' win. Uh, Oregon State's a good team, guys. I projected Colorado to lose this game. I said that Oregon State. I project. Excuse me. I project, projected. Wow that Oregon State would make the Pac-12 title game. I think it's still possible. They need a few things to roll their way, but my Pac-12 title predictions were Oregon State-Washington, still very much in play, and I think Oregon State's like seven points away from being undefeated, which is pretty crazy. Either way, I said that this Colorado team, to win this game against Oregon State, they need to air it out, and they needed to air it out effectively. And let's look at their passing numbers. And hint, hint, they did not air it out, and they did not do it effectively. Shadur Sanders uh, went into the half with, I believe it was 45 yards of, 44 yards of passing or 44 passing yards. Uh, And he finished the game with 245. So obviously he turned things up in the second half, but it was too late at that point. He threw for two touchdowns, both of which came late in the game, completed 62% of his passes. Uh, The rushing attack, Sivion Wilkerson leading the way with four carries for 17 yards. Dylan Edwards, five carries for six yards. Anthony Hankerson two for eight, uh, Shader Sanders seven for negative thirty seven. Obviously that includes sacks and all that. But so that brings our total to nineteen for negative seven. Uh, Their punter had a great game. He had seven punts for three hundred seventeen yards. Uh, down three sides in the punt, down three punts inside the twenty. So that's cool, I guess. Um, the offense just was not clicking. The offense wasn't clicking. The defense uh, there was costly errors. Um, I think one that stands out was. I know it was Omarion Cooper, um, whoever was calling the game, they described it as they were in a zone look, and he wasn't he he looked he was paying attention to his assignment, and they ended up scoring running right behind him. Excuse me. But Omarion Cooper kind of gave a big play there, but that wasn't the difference. It was just that's what it came down to. But if you look at, this is where I said Oregon State was going to hurt, Colorado, rushing the ball. They ran the ball 46 times for 195 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they only, they averaged 4.2, which isn't great, but I think it was just the sheer amount of times they ran the ball. It just wore Colorado out. And if you're Colorado's defense, you kind of have to like, there was bright moments and there was big moments. They had the safety. They or the, not the safety, the field goal. That's what it was. They blocked the field goal uh, to get the two points. And I just think that this game had the makings for Colorado of being a possible upset and they just really weren't able to pull things together. I think it had a lot to do with the offense uh, line. I think Shader Sanders is injured. I don't know if he should play. Um, I think he's going to continue to play, but every week he's out there, I think since the Stanford game, he's looked beat up. He looks like he's barely walking. Uh, We saw yes. Every time he gets tackled, he takes like five minutes to get up and it's not his fault. The offense line can't block for him. So he's constantly getting hurt or beat up or bruised or whatever. And they have a tough matchup coming up against Arizona. And then they have Washington State, who's a struggling team. They could win that game. And then they have Utah. And so I kept saying prior to the season that this is a 6-6 six and six team. That was my ceiling for them. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know if they're going to get to six wins. I think this might be a five-win team. They need to win two out of their next three is what it comes down to to make a bowl. Uh, Arizona's the hottest team in college football right now. There is no doubt about it. Uh, this is the past few weeks for Arizona. Even in their losses, they looked good. Uh, they lost to Washington by seven. They lost to USC by two, and then they blew out number 19, Washington State, 44-6. They beat Oregon State, and then they just kind of boat raced UCLA last night. So Arizona is a really good team, and I don't know if I see that as a winnable game anymore. And Colorado has a lot of things to improve on. And so I think this, this game was really indicative of what this Colorado team is lacking, what this program is lacking. It's depth in the trenches. It's good players in the trenches. And until they have that, they're going to continue to struggle. Um, That's kind of a need that they need to address in recruiting. And so it's going to be tough to kind of bounce back from that. But either way, that's what Colorado has to deal with at this moment. This episode of Locked on Bus is brought to you by our sponsors over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire could feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, so that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Perfect candidate, myself, I was at one point looking for a job uh, when I came out of college, used LinkedIn, f- connected with the hiring manager, talked about what they needed, and then bada-bang, bada-boom, I was hired. Had a great experience there and Colorado may need to go to LinkedIn for their offensive line or the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. Maybe um, if you want to find the perfect candidate, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. We are concluding this episode talking about what's next for Colorado. They have three games, which the season seems like it's going by so fast, which is like the worst part of college football. It's like, it feels like we wait years for it to come. And then all of a sudden in the blink of a blink of the eye, it's like over. And it's like, ah, I miss it already. Um, I think after keeping up with all the well, Yeah. I I feel like Clint from the Oregon state fan is saying that it was like watching a movie, watching his team beat uh, Colorado because of all the well-off media stuff. Um, What's next for Colorado? Well, like I said, this is the next three games. They have one more home game against Arizona and Arizona is a really good team. They have Noah Fafita, who I think is probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country next year. Um, He's a freshman or red shirt freshman. Uh, He's been on its hair the past few weeks. He's mobile. He could throw, makes all the right decisions. Uh, This is what he's done uh, during his, ever since he's taken over, took over against Washington. uh, And in the games that he started, he has, Six, eleven, fourteen touchdowns to three or to, yeah, four interceptions. Um, he's thrown for 1,500 yards and is completing 76% of his passes. His worst completion percentage was against Washington, and he completed 69% of his passes. Um, the second worst was 71.4. Point, point so this no Fita kit is good. I don't think this is a a I won't say it's not a winnable game but it's not a game where Colorado comes in and just blows Arizona out. It's not, this isn't the Arizona team of last year, the year before Uh, this is a much improved Arizona team. And I'd be really concerned about Colorado there. Um, So that one, if we're going win loss, win loss, like if I had to project, predict a loss here, I'd probably go with a loss. And then they have, excuse me, let's see. They have Washington state who I think is the coldest team in college football. I think they win there. Um, what do we got here? Slap happy. SC just fired Grinch. Alex Grinch, USC coordinator, is fired. Um, I feel like that was a long time coming. I wrote about that a while ago. Uh, I think they are giving up like an average of 45 points per game in the last few games. So that's never a recipe for success. Um, not great. Uh, Washington State, I think, is a winnable game for Colorado. I don't think there's anything that Washington State could do that could really hurt Colorado in a sense that Colorado can't keep up. I think it's going to be a shootout unless it's snowing or raining like it was last night at P- in Pullman. Uh, that was a tough one. I was watching the Stanford-Washington State game late at night um, when Colorado was playing, and it was pouring rain. Guys were slipping off each other. I think the longest play at one point was like 10 yards. It was it was ridiculous. And then Colorado has Utah to finish out the year, and I think that's a loss. And so I think they're going to go 1-2 and two these final few weeks. And I think they just they kind of ran out of time. I think they, they lost games that they should have won. That's the Stanford game should have won that one that that changes everything i think the stanford game was the beginning of the end in a way like a beginning of the the downfall of this team Uh, i think they win that game they're at five wins then they only have to win one out of their next one two three four five games and it's just not an easy schedule it's going to be a tough slate i think that there's a lot to improve on i think this is still can can be considered a successful year for coach prime um, because his win total colorado's win total was only three and a half but i do think we saw their peak and it was like, oh, they were really good. And I think we saw a lot of things that we were kind of expecting from them. And then they just kind of hit the wall and the offensive line was just really terrible down the stretch. And so they need to recruit that better. They need to get guys out of the portal that are good, um, which I talked about a few episodes ago. It's not easy to just walk in the portal and get four guys, five guys that are uh, starting caliber. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a tough matchup. Yeah, uh, someone... Someone named Slap Happy appreciate your your comments and support. So you felt bad for the Colorado quarterback last night. I think we all did. Shadur Sanders was taking about five minutes, like I said earlier, to get up per hit, and he got hit a lot. Uh, it was it was a rough showing. That's kind of what it's been all year for this offensive line. I think that Coach Prime is going to figure out a way to, or he needs to, otherwise it's going to be the same thing next year. He needs to figure out a way to bolster this line. He needs to figure out a way to find a new play caller that can um, see eye to eye with him. Whether that's Pat Shermer, I don't know. Um, But either way, Colorado has a tough stretch coming up. A bowl game seems tough. But either way, they're going to keep fighting. And I'm going to keep giving you guys the news every single day here on Locked on Buffs. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day.